Planned Parenthood's the world's number one child killer. How can we stop them? Stay tuned to The Mark Harrington Show to find out. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal. And you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, it says this. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven, yea, are an abomination unto him. And among those are the hands that shed innocent blood. 350,000 babies are killed by Planned Parenthood every year. They receive over a half billion dollars in federal tax money. And they kill about 1,000 children every day in America. And despite all of that, they're still operating pretty much business as usual, even with, in the last several years, we heard all about the them being exposed for their trafficking in human baby parts and being exposed for providing abortions to cover up rape and other sexual assault targeting minorities. I mean, it goes on and on what Planned Parenthood, unfortunately, has been able to get away with. And of course, we know the founding of Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger, being an, a racist herself, called African-Americans human weeds. Uh, she had the Negro Project, which was an attempt to get African-American pastors to, uh, to limit the, uh, the growth of Af the African-American community. I mean, we know all of this. But still, even today, Planned Parenthood is the number one abortion provider in America. Well, that's changing, and it's changing in part because of the tactics of the pro-life movement. And we're going to be talking today with my good friend, Brandy Swindell, and she's the founder and CEO of Stanton International. Brandy, thanks for being on the program today. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on your show. And thank you for all you do in the pro-life movement. You are a wonderful pro-life leader. And uh, I'm just grateful to share with your viewers and listeners and you and and talk about the important pro-life work we do. Well, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. We have mutual friends, Reverend Pat Mahoney. I think he's up there actually this week with you at your um, annual uh, gala. And so, obviously, and we just saw each other in, in Washington, D.C. at the October 2nd opening of the U.S. Supreme Court, where you were part of. You guys led the, the prayer events there. Um, so, you know, we, we do a lot of things together. But I want to talk about Stanton International. First of all, where did it get its name? And, um, you know, what what is the mission? Sure. So... Stanton uh, International is a movement of life-affirming medical clinics um, that I founded in 2006 here in my home state of Idaho, right here in Boise, Idaho. And uh, we, you know, the name Stanton comes from Elizabeth Cady Stanton, which of course was one of the, the early women um, who worked, she worked alongside Susan B. Anthony and many others in fighting for women's equality in the sense of the right to vote, the right to speak mm -hmm. in public, very basic things that we as women, of course, now in, embrace. Um, but but we, we, in my heart, Mark, I wanted something that represented um, what I consider to be true and real empowerment. And that is that you can be a strong, empowered woman 
that embraces men, embraces family, embraces children. And I wanted something that, um, a name that uh, represented what I feel in millions of other women and Americans across the nation, that in order to be equal to a man, we don't have to take, kill, kill our offspring. We don't have to harm right. someone else. So Elizabeth Cady Stanton strongly believed in um, fighting for women's rights and equality, but she was a mother of seven kids and she embraced motherhood. And, um, you know, one of her quotes said, says, if we ourselves don't want to be treated as property, why would we treat our children as property? So that's kind of our namesake. Well, and a lot of people don't understand that the early feminists were pro-life. Uh, you know, the, the modern day feminists don't want to recognize that fact, that they were anti-abortion, that they were pro-life and, and stood for women's equality across the board. But they also stood for the equality for pre-born babies. They've abandoned all that now. Of course, modern yep. day feminists are pro-abortion for the most part. That's why it's important that, um, you know, there are feminists and I would probably put you in that camp, right, uh, that are mm -hmm. pro-life. So, I mean, that, in the that real term, sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, the term feminist has been misconstrued to yes. mean a whole lot of things. You would consider yourself a feminist. How is that? I would. And, and I'm a big believer in and reclaiming words that the mm -hmm. radical abortion industry has taken, and they have no right to take the word feminism or the word healthcare. Um, right. So many words we could name off a ton, Mark, you and I. But but that's what I wanted to start through the ministry of, of Stanton International and our Stanton Healthcare Clinics, is that we're a place of hope. We, we empower women, we support women. I myself consider myself a feminist like Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony were, again, like I said earlier, and that they embraced the family, they embraced children. Mark, the early feminists fully knew and understood that if we were ever to accept abortion, that it would reduce women to objects. And that's exactly what's happened. So what it breaks happened? my heart. There were so many steps forward. And then when the feminist movement basically got into bed with the abortion lobby, tremendous steps backwards yeah literally and figuratively they got in bed yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know there, there's nothing uh feminist there's nothing that empowers women's rights uh abortion doesn't do that uh, abortion enslaves women right i mean it gives men uh a leg up if you will they you know we we stand outside the abortion mills and we counsel i know that you and others uh as well do this and you see the men half the time they're not there the women are going in by themselves. They're with their grandmother or their mom or what, whoever. And the guys are long gone. I mean, how is that empowering to women when you give them the men, you know, a, a way out? They, you give them a, a blank check and they just walk out the door. They write the check for the, the abortion and they're gone and on to their next sexual encounter, if you will. So I don't understand exactly. how feminists. Uh, think that abortion somehow empowers them because it doesn't. Right. It just gives men more power over them. And oftentimes can protect the abuser. Exactly. If, there's, if it's an abusive situation and there's coercion involved. And so, and also Mark, it's inherently, it's inherently offensive to say that for women to be having to be equal to men. Mm -hmm. And of course we're Christians. So we have a, a real understanding of what that means. Right. Um, right. But, but what the world talks about, you know, to be, to be equal to men, abortion has to be a right that every woman has because that's the only way she can be equal to a man. 
Well, that exactly. means that we have to we have to change ourselves, Mark. That's what that message is saying: is that how I right. was designed, how my biology works, how my body works, that I have to manipulate it and change mm -hmm. my reproductive system through that violent act of abortion to have equality with men. Well, I don't buy that lie. That's right. that, that's a lie. That is a lie from the abortion industry, and uh, I don't have to change who I am to be uh, competitive in a man's world, right? That's the jargon we hear from the abortion industry. I can right. embrace children, I can embrace motherhood, and I can still have goals and dreams um, in my life. Well, it's interesting that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has made the case that uh, actually Roe v. Wade is on flimsy ground, which we hope it is, of course. But yes. she believes that it should be founded in the Equal Protection Clause because abortion allows women to compete equally in the marketplace. That's her argument. Mm -hmm. As we know, ever since Roe v. Wade was passed down and we now have 50 million abortions, that has nothing to do with it. The fact that women do uh, participate, compete with men in the marketplace in society and in our economy, and they can have children too. We've actually found this right. out, that women are strong enough women, to do this. Exactly. They can actually they can actually do both. Right, well, and that's the thing that I always find offensive too, and we get to see firsthand in our clinic, clinics, Mark, that our Stanton clinics that we set up right next door to abortion mills and to, and to Planned Parenthoods, but we get to see the women who walk through our doors who are brave, who are strong, who are beautiful, who can have their child and finish college or finish high school or go on to, uh, you know, w whatever job it is that they want. And it's actually can be an opportunity for growth for them to really start mm -hmm. to take life seriously and make wise choices. And so we see that every day. But this I say this oftentimes with the abortion industry and you hit on it. On one, le uh, you know, the women's rights move movement says women are strong and empowered. But then all of a sudden, if they're pregnant, they're victims they That's have right. they, oh, the only thing that will be uh, solve it is abortion they're helpless they can't figure out where to get birth control they can't figure out where to get abortion so we have to cover it with tax dollars and insurance companies have to cover it and we have to give it out for free it's like are women strong or are they helpless planned parenthood you can't have it both ways Right. That's a betrayal of the early feminists, exactly. that, that women were strong. Now we teach them, teach the culture that women are weak when it comes to pregnancy and they can't do exactly. both. And that's unfortunate. Let's move on to uh, let's talk about your health facilities, your health clinics. One thing I appreciate about your vision is that, you know, the old saying is location, location, location. Long ago yeah. and far away, I used to be in the restaurant business, <laughs> believe it or not. And I was a manager of a Wendy's. And when there was a Wendy's, there was a McDonald's and there was a Burger King yep. right next to each other. There was a reason for that, because they realized that people looking for a hamburger are going to go to one of those three places and you want to be there to compete. And so it's really more of a recent thing that the PR, the, the pregnancy resource movement, if you will, center movement has decided, yeah, we ought to be next to these abortion centers. In the past, they were like, oh, we don't want to be confrontational. I'm like, hold on a minute. You're in the wrong right. business if you want to deal with abortion. It happens to be controversial and confrontational. I appreciate your efforts there because you've always made that a priority, locating your health centers right next to Planned Parenthood or other abortion centers. Tell us about that, because I think that really is a revolutionary concept. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark, for touching on the fact. I've always said this. I grew up in a family of um, entrepreneurs and business owners, my dad, my grandfather, my aunts. And so I kind of I've kind of implemented some of that business thinking. And that's exactly what I thought. 
you go to where the women are and you go to where the competition is. And this isn't anything radical. This isn't any, this is what everybody does. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. We don't need to be afraid of being controversial or feel, feel that we're in a place where we shouldn't be. And in fact, these abortion mills shouldn't even be in our communities. You know what I mean? And so they're the trespassers, but you know, our strategy, as you know, Planned Parenthood has a strategy of, um, you know, they don't want the sidewalk counselors out there. They don't want the pro-life communities out there. They don't want women getting other options and support. A lot of areas, uh, as you well know, Planned Parenthoods and abortion clinics are setting up in developments where um, there's not public access on on the sidewalks if it's a private development or a private drive. And so um, they we started seeing that happen in Boise at the at our Planned Parenthood here in Boise when they moved to a new location. And so they were able to prevent us from getting into that development because it wasn't a public sidewalk. So we just went ahead and bought a building <laughs> so that in that development, right next door. Right next door. And when I say right next door, Mark, the property line is five feet. That's how close we are. So that was our very first clinic uh, in Boise next to the Planned Parenthood. It's still there. We bought uh, a building right across the parking lot from the Planned Parenthood in Meridian. So we're right across the street. Now, you, and that's where 75% of all abortions in the state of Idaho have it happen. And so we have walk-ins every day of women that are on their way to Planned Parenthood, see our signs that say, free support, ultrasound exams at no charge, walk-ins welcome. We have a huge sign that says walk-ins welcome. And we also do under, we're, we, we have a very high standard of medical excellence at our clinics, Mark. So we have, a, we have doctors, volunteer nurses, volunteer sonographers. We can do the um, abortion pill reversal procedure now. We have three babies saved so far from that, um, from women that started the procedure at Planned Parenthood, regretted it, and came over to Stanton Healthcare. So the location is critical. It is very strategic. Um, and we've expanded our efforts. I mean, we have, we're opening um, a Stanton Healthcare in Detroit right on 8 Mile, and it's surrounded by a bunch of abortion clinics. It's right in a key area. You know, we have um, uh, North Ireland, our friend Bernadette, Bernie Smith with Precious Life. She started a Stanton clinic in North Ireland, and she's, you know, in close proximity to a Mary Stokes, which is, you know, Europe's version of a Planned Parenthood. Right. So, so the location's key for sure. My guest is Brandy Swindell. She's founder and CEO of Stanton International, and you can find out more by going to their website at stantoninternational.org. That's stantoninternational.org. And Brandy's been a longtime friend of mine, also a uh, longtime veteran in the pro-life movement, um, and is really uh, you know on the front lines of of the pregnancy resource center movement and locating uh, her centers right next to the abortion centers, which I think is the, it's, it seems obvious. It seems like you wouldn't even need to explain why that's important. But a lot of pre-RCs, if you will, pregnancy resource centers, don't do that. Uh, and they're afraid of the controversy. They're afraid of the, yep. uh, the you know, the, the, believe me, it's not easy. In fact, I think you were sued, weren't you, by Planned Parenthood when you set, tried to set mention, up next door? Yep, so you think that Planned Parenthood that's pro-choice would actually want women to have another option and a choice, but they pretty much expose themselves as being liars when they sued us for having our mobile clinic. We have a beautiful Stanton Healthcare mobile clinic um, that goes around uh, to our rural communities, high schools, colleges, all of that. And we started parking it um, in our parking spots next to our clinic because it was a great visual, great signage, right? It has this beautiful mm-hmm. wrap on it, it has information. And also we would need it parked there for cleaning and, you know, for our staff to get trained in there and all that kind of stuff. 
For some reason, Planned Parenthood just hated that mobile. They sued us. They threatened us with $30,000 in legal fees, Mark. And so this is probably maybe some of the reason why people shy away. But our team and our board, we did not flinch. I told our attorney, they wanted it. They said that they would settle with us. And only if we paid, if we, if we removed the mobile and we paid them $50,000 in legal fees, and that they would reduce, you know, from the 30,000. And Mark, I said, I told our attorney, I said, we will not flinch. We will not be bullied. And women deserve access to the health care that Stanton provides. Planned Parenthood does not get a dictate how the how what how we're going to operate and uh i'm we're not paying a penny we will not pay a penny to planned parenthood they will not bully us with money and you know what it went before the judge and the judge dismissed the case it was a huge victory for us the judge saw mm -hmm. right through it and so you know what mark you've been in the movement yeah you know you're experienced you understand planned parenthood's strategy you understand you know the the pro-life strategy and they're bullies and we have to stand up to them that's the bottom line. And women deserve it. Babies deserve it. Families deserve that we never stop fighting. My guest is Brandy Swindell, CEO of Stanton International. And Brandy, I want to move on to something else real quick before we run out of time here. And that is, uh, as you know, the oral arguments on the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health uh, Organization case takes place on December 1st. You were there uh, on October 2nd, which is the opening of the court with your public policy arm. You are planning events for that day. So you're just not involved. And this is why I also like you so much is that although the, you know, the pregnancy resource center aspect is really central to your mission, you realize that you also have to be advocating in the public square, and you're Absolutely. doing that through your public policy arm. Tell us about what's happening in Washington, and and we'll you know let people know how they can get involved in that event on December first. Yes, absolutely. We definitely believe at Stanton International. We want to have the we have our healthcare clinics, but we also have our advocacy arm. Um, Planned Parenthood has activists out there, you know what I mean? And they have their clinics, like it all goes hand in hand and we gotta be out there representing the women and children we serve. And so Mark, I do wanna say thank you to you and Created Equal. We love collaborating with you and we're thankful that you are right there with us. You encourage us, you support us. And that means a lot, our, our, our personal friendship, but also our ministry friendship. So thank you for standing with us. And um, I encourage people to go to purplesashrevolution.com. That's an initiative by Stanton International. And um, we had great events on October 1st, right, Mark? You were, you were yep. there, as you mentioned. And the oral arguments for the, the Dobbs, Mississippi case, which is the most important case the court's going to hear since the Roe v. Wade de decision in 1973, specifically mm -hmm. on abortion. I mean, this is so significant. So we are doing a candlelight vigil, a candlelight mm -hmm. vigil November 30th on the eve of the oral arguments that will be heard on December 1st by the court. So we are encouraging folks to join us. It's going to be at 7 p.m. in Washington, D.C., at the Supreme Court. I encourage your viewers to join us. Hopefully, Mark, we'll see you out there, but- um, We're gonna be crazy. there. We gotta pray, we gotta pray. This is a spiritual battle and we have to be out there and be present. We gotta be praying uh, and we've gotta be a voice. So folks, if you wanna find out more, go to purplesashrevolution.com uh, for more information on the uh, events that will be on and around the uh, the oral arguments in the Dobbs v. Jackson case at the U.S. Supreme Court. 
the biggest case before the court in probably at least 30 years since Planned yep. Parenthood versus Casey, possibly as, as big as Roe v. Wade. We weren't there back in 1973. We need to be there this time around. Uh, if you can make it to Washington, D.C., sign up uh, on purplesashrevolution.com or go to the Facebook page, Purple Sash Revolution, and you can sign up for that prayer vigil. Be there with us. We'll be there as well. We're working with others, and I'm going to be talking about this more on the program. My good friends at Pro-Life Action League and uh, Citizens for a Pro-Life Society, we're actually going to be there as well. There are going to be a lot of uh, pro-life people there, but the pro-abortion folks are going to be huh, uh, they're going to be there as well. So we we definitely have to turn out the numbers uh, there on uh, on December 1st and the night before for the prayer vigil. So once again, I've been talking to uh, Brandy Swindell, CEO of Stanton International. You can find out more by going to stantoninternational.org. Uh, Brandy, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. All right. Well, folks, let me uh, first of all, let me tell you, give you a few action points here at the end of the program here. I want to let you know of a couple things that are happening here at Created Equal. As I've said before, we are uh, going to be going to Washington, D.C. on December 1st with our abortion victim photography uh, displays. We will be setting up our Jumbotron the day before. Uh, I will be letting people know more about that as we get closer. We'll also be a part of a coalition of people at the D.C. Planned Parenthood that's on Capitol Hill the day before. That's November 3rd. So mark your calendar. If you can make it to Washington, D.C., be part of all these events, the events of Created Equal, plus the Purple Sash Revolution, holding a prayer and worship service the night before uh, uh, the oral arguments in Washington. Also, if you wouldn't mind, please uh, go to our podcasts and leave a review. If you want to pick up the program, you can listen to it anytime, 24-7, on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, and if you would, just leave a review. We're on Google Play. We're on Apple Podcasts. Basically, all the popular podcasting platforms, you can pick up the program, Spotify and, and so forth. In the remaining moments here, I just want to talk about what's happening uh, as far as the Dobbs v. Jackson case. Uh, I have a couple of insights that I'm going to be sharing with you in the coming days and weeks as to what the pro-life movement can do or should do if Roe falls. And we are all praying that it does. But if Roe comes down, if it's overturned, what? Should the pro-life movement do? That is the $64,000 question that we're all going to be asking each other and we're all going to be thinking about, and we should be. But we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We know that it could go badly that day. We've seen it before. I've been disappointed, but I'm very hopeful, and I have high expectations for this one, that I think we were on the verge of seeing Roe being overturned. And if it is, then the pro-life movement has to be ready. We got to be ready to go day one. If that decision is handed down in our favor, we need to be ready to move. And I'm going to be talking about that in future programs because I don't think there's a whole lot being discussed right now about how the pro-life movement is going to be ready to, to activate when or if that decision is handed down. We understand that it returns back to the state legislatures. We understand that. 
We understand that 21 states at this point would likely make abortion or make abortion legal in those states. But that leaves more than half the country where it's up to ups for grabs. And in those states, there are many that have what we call trigger laws that would likely go into effect immediately. There are laws on the books that have been held up by the courts that would also likely be enacted and enforced. Ohio is one of those. We have a heartbeat bill that would, uh, I you know, assume would go right into effect. And, um, and then there's more things like that. But if you look at the map, it's not like a red state, blue state map, but it's very similar. You have the abortion free states and you have the abortion states. And there's going to be a desert in between them. <laughs> and we need to know where to go, when to go, to, to put our resources to play, in play, to push uh, uh, bans on abortion across the finish line in these states where we may have a trigger law or we may have an abortion uh, ban that is being held up by the courts or where there's maybe no legislation uh, at the moment. And so it's going to be a case-by-case, state-by-state strategy. And uh, we at Created Equal are preparing for that once, when and if over, uh, Roe v. Wade is overturned. So if you would, stay tuned to the Mark Harrington Show. You can pick it up on the podcast. We'll be talking about that in the future. So thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.